Welcome to Tesseract Podcast, where we unlock your power to innovate. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be your host today. Here at Tesseract, we are your window inside innovation operations at the Pentagon. Tesseract is an office in the logistics community in the United States Air Force. That means we work with civil engineers, defenders, maintainers, and logisticians. So there are approximately 180,000 airmen that we get to impact and that we get to network with on a daily basis. Today, we're going to be talking with Chief Master Sergeant Paul Hammer. The objective of today's podcast is for you to understand how you can implement psychological safety in your work environment. Some of those key results are going to look like how can you apply psychological safety on an individual basis, and then also how you can apply psychological safety in a group setting. All right, without further ado, let's go. Paul, thanks for coming back. For, Are we already recording? We've been recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I live my life on record. Let's revisit psychological safety uh, just briefly, like the definition of it. Yeah. Um, so our listeners can be uh, back up to speed from the last episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that is important to to level set and come back to the baseline that is psychological safety. Um, I th- I think in its simplest terms, just kind of understanding. I I heard this the other day and it was really good. Um, if you ask yourself or if you ask a crowd of people when when was there think of a time in your career, your life, right? Depending on on where you're at that you something was not right and you were able to speak up about it with absolutely no hesitation and no fear of ridicule or uh, condemnation or anything of that nature you just something was not right and you spoke up you spoke up about it immediately um and then the flip side of that is thinking about a time where something was not quite right and you hesitated for whatever reason because because you felt like you were going to be ridiculed or you felt like uh people weren't going to weren't going to they they weren't going to have take give you credit for for that thought or they weren't going to believe you or any number of things you hesitated and for a lot of us if we if we play that exercise, it's a lot easier to think of a time when we hesitated. I can I can list off dozens and dozens of recent memories where I've hesitated with with people as close to me as my wife, just for for whatever reason, you know. And she's she's a great person. That's not the point. It's just that I've hesitated. There there are very few times when I can think that I've I've that something has been not quite right. And I have said something without hesitation because I felt that safe in that environment very few times. Um, and I think, I think that's a, that's a good exercise to play to get people uh, level with what psychological safety is a, a, a really psychologically safe environment. You, the fear of holding back is greater than the fear of saying something because you understand the positive impacts of, of giving your input and, and adding your thoughts to the conversation and contributing and, and saying something. How do we assess 
psychological safety within particular units, organizations, if we're talking about the Air Force and squadrons and flights, how do we begin to assess that? What are some important things to get after? Um, I think, I think that's, that's a good start is to put yourself in that role. Ask yourself that question and put yourself in different scenarios in your, in your day-to-day job with your, with the teammates around you and those kind of things. And just, just kind of thought experiment that and go, Hey, something's not quite right. Um, I would, how willing am I to say something? Um, and if, and, and here's the key, I think, Matt, right, is you, you have to be real with yourself if you're, if you're kidding yourself and you, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking anything is okay. So you got to be really real. But if you, if you kind of start to envision yourself more often than not withholding information for whatever reason, then I think you've, there's an indicator that psychological safety could be improved in your unit. And then you could start to thought experiment how other people would gauge the climate of of the unit in in their scenarios um and it takes some it takes some deliberate looking around in, in observation and you got to get out from behind your desk if you're a leader and you you got to kind of open your aperture and step back a little bit and look at things through um through somebody else's lenses and but you can start to put yourself in scenarios where you're on the shop floor and you're an airman and something's not quite right, whether it's, whether it's, uh, could be anything. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be something as heavy as, uh, you know, racial disparity or discrimination or sexism. It could very well be those things too, but it doesn't have to be that heavy. It could be something as simple as the duty schedule has changed and, you don't think it's the right move um and your your boss has implemented some sort of change and you don't think it's going to work it could be as simple as that but you could start to put yourself in those situations and try to think based on the things that you know about the climate is it, it, how easy is it for me to speak up and if the answer is more often than not it's it's not it's not easy um then I think I think there's an opportunity to improve psychological safety in the climate of of your unit, and then and then there are I think some other things that uh, you could start to do. You can start to think about um, how how willing are people to challenge the status quo. How how often does the status quo get challenged? Those are good indicators because in a, in a high psychological safety uh, unit people challenge the status quo quite often um, for the purposes of, of innovating and getting better, not just because they want to challenge the status quo. How, how often do leaders and people, people in positional authority take credit um, and own up to their mistakes and say, Hey, I, I messed that up. Um, if that doesn't happen very often, maybe psychological safety is a little bit low because, because, people fear failure um that's another kind of good thought experiment that that will allow you to assess the psychological safety of unit is how does that unit treat failure how does that team treat failure is it is it looked upon as um as something to guard against 
with every fiber of your being? Is it, is it looked at something? Is it, is, are people associating uh, personal worth with failure? Um, or is it disconnected from all those things? Can you be, can you be a fantastic airman, but still fail quite regularly because you're trying new things and you're pushing the envelope and you're trying to innovate? And are those, are those failures, are they treated as learning opportunities or, um, cause that, that's a good measure of psychological safety. What's the, what did Elon Musk say after the most recent SpaceX rocket failed? Well, they captured enough data for the failure to be justified as a success. Right. And, you know, that... they call them their, their ruds, their, uh, what is it the rapid unscheduled destruction or uh, right what is it um, yeah the disintegration or something yeah so, something like that and right. I mean, he's you know it's a brilliant perspective now what questions do us as leaders need to be asking our troops our employees what do we need to be asking them to dig into the subject of psychological safety how can we assess the level of psychological safety um using specific questions and then um like what answers would you hear from one of your employees or one of your troops um if it was a psychologically safe environment or not a psychologically safe environment yeah i in my this is my my attempt at a Jocko willing voices. Get your pen out. Good, good, because we're I'm gonna give you some questions. Um, <laughs> right. So so you you push out behind your desk because uh, because you got your email at a point where where everything below the waterline is handled and you're ignoring everything above the waterline because it doesn't matter. This is more important. So you pushed away from your desk and you're gonna go and see. You're going to Kanban. What a phenomenal gonna... concept of leaving the office. <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy. Um, crazy. Uh, and and um, here's some things, right? You can say, you can you can kind of ask how, th- does anybody deliberately undermine your efforts? Um, and we're talking about deliberate, right? Because, because sometimes people undeliberately, is that a word, undeliberately? I don't um, know. I don't probably not. I don't know. They they don't intentionally do things to undermine your there efforts. We go. But but do I feel like people are deliberately undermining my efforts? Um again, kind of what I talked about if um is leadership or is is anybody who are people in the unit, are they own do they own up to their mistakes? Do they go, Man, I screwed that up. Hey, sorry, that was me. Um and then, and then how do they handle the 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 steps after that, right? Like, do, are we looking to, how do we improve? What, how do we talk about those kind of things? How willing is the community to do that? Um, are you sharing, are, are people in the team, are they willing to, and eager, because those are two different things, um, to share information about what's working as well as what's not working, right? Because that's, that's we're, we're pretty good at celebrating successes, but are we, are we celebrating and are we talking about the, the way things didn't work? Hey, I tried this, it didn't work. Um, so that we can get better at it. Um, do people value each other on uh, on uh, on their unique skills and what they bring to the table? Are people accepted for simply for who they are, right? Simply for being a person on the team. 
um, are, are they comfortable with, with asking each other about how to do something? That's a nod to, uh, learner safety, right? The second, second level of, uh, the four stages of psychological safety. Um, are people, are they rejected for being different or are they accepted again? Um, how, how comfortable do they feel with, with challenging the status quo? Are we engaging in feedback seeking behaviors? Like how do we handle feedback? Because, um, that's a good measure. People often say, Hey, um, give, give me some feedback. Right. But, but how do they really handle that once you give it to them? Um, that those are, those are all kind of good, um, good ways of assessing psychological safety. Um, and you have to be prepared for those answers as a leader, you know, if you're going to, you know, a, you know, be brave and get uncomfortable and ask these types of questions to your people. And sometimes you're not going to hear what you want to hear, but that's an amazing opportunity for you to solve the problems at hand to help people, to coach people through what they're going through. And it's going to require stepping away from the desk. Uh, Not saying that you're always behind your desk over there, but and have frequent coaching sessions with them. You know, spend time on -on one-on-ones with them. Uh, take them out to lunch, um, you know, not just in your office, but, you know, go on a walk, do something different. Um, a lot of people, speaking of psych- unpsychologically safe environments, you know, what's the least psychologically safe environment? It's probably, you know, the flight chief's office because that's where most people are like, hey, got to go to the office. I'm going to get chewed out. Most people associate going to the office as, uh, you know, I think you're right. And I think you should Well, three thoughts now is, yeah, if you, if you are not ready for uncomfortable conversations and you are not willing to really listen, like if you're just doing this to placate, you know, some idea that uh, as a leader, like I should ask questions, but you don't really believe strongly in, in looking for answers, like just keep checking email. Don't, don't like turn this podcast off right now. Keep checking email and things will be fine. You know, you'll just, you'll sleep better at night. I promise you. And keep complaining Um, about your email that you keep on getting. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Because, because here's the deal. And, and here's the the capital T truth is like, you will find stuff. If you ask questions, you will, I, you will. And the, the next level of that is you should be looking and asking questions until you find something because the first couple of times you ask things are going to appear pretty good. And, and I'm not even saying in a unit where, or a team that you have like some, some really big stuff, right? Like, like some, uh, you know, you you have like a, like a, a drug ring going on where like the three quarters of the team is, is dealing drugs or something. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying even in a, in a well-functioning unit, even in a good unit, there is stuff worth, worth, aggressively attacking and and making better and through asking those questions if if the first couple questions or or what even if even if you've asked questions for weeks straight and everything appears to be good that that alone in my mind is concerning because the 
one scenario is that everything is good. The far more likely scenario is that things are not 100%. There is something worth addressing, but the environment is not safe enough where people feel like they can bring it up. And that that should be concerning, you know? Um, and it, it might it might not be, and in, in, we'll tie this into your point about the, the flight chief's office or the commander's office or whatever it is, it, like you as as the leader or, you know, if you're on the shop floor and, and we're talking about the leader, they might be phenomenal. It doesn't have to be that they're a, they're a jerk and they're a dictator and they're sitting up there with their knife hand and, and their TI hat hanging on the wall because that was their last job and like they're, you know, the, 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 they're toxic. That's that's probably a less likely scenario than there's just the simple hierarchical structure of the military creates a level um, that makes it a little harder for, for it to be safe. Well, the same thing right? happens in the civilian world. Hey, you got to go to the boss's desk. Oh, what now? Yeah. What now? But imagine if you just asked one of your troops or one of your employees to come to you. Hey, can you come to my office? But hey, Paul, can I give you some feedback? Sure. Whenever you come to me with problems and ask me to work with you to solve them, that makes me feel like we have a great team. Keep it up, man. Yeah. Like, imagine if one of your leaders did that continuously, consistently, and not just with you, but with other members on the team, giving elements of positive feedback, reinforcing the fact that, hey, my office, my desk is not a place where everyone gets in trouble. And those right. are just the little things. That's just... Those are the little things that build towards a psychologically safe environment. Just a small example. Um, right. Yeah. One, one of many. And, um, you know, if you want kind of actionable things that you can, you can do to increase psychological safety. And we, I think we mentioned it on last episode, but, but uh, Daniel Coyle's culture code has some great, like just actionable stuff in there. Um, and and uh, you're right. A lot of it's just little stuff. Right. And, and it, it brilliant in the basics. If you can, we can kind of master those little things. Like th those go a long way to moving the needle. One of my favorites is uh, embrace the messenger, and and that's kind of like the next evolution of don't shoot the messenger. And it's like it's almost like understanding that when someone comes to you with bad news, like you need that bad news as a as a leader, you need that bad news to formulate uh, your perspective, a better perspective of of things, of what's going on. So, so you should, you should embrace that. You should go, Hey, thanks. Thanks for that bad news. And I think we even talked about that a bit, but even so much as like a, like a sigh before you get the bad news, like, oh, what is it? Like, even though you're saying like, Hey, I'm give it to me. I'm not shooting you. I'm not saying get out of here with that, but, but just that alone can kind of lower the safety. Like how likely are they to bring that stuff to you next time? What do you think that air force specifically your organizations as a whole what do you think they can do or what do you think they can add to their infrastructure to support a psychologically safe environment i think i think a deliberate mechanism 
um, to assess dialogue about and then some sort of deliberate effort to increase everybody's understanding of of psychological safety in a baked into the culture as a ritual as a reoccurring ritual i think i think those are kind of my non-negotiables how that happens um you know we're at tesseract we're we're a fan of strict on vision flexible on details i think in my mind that's that's the vision did you hear that was that loud sorry no you're good this this is my alexa went off and i i had to unplug it so we're good 2021 (laughs) the life of zooming um so let me just repeat that again real quick in case that no 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 uh, tracking tracking okay unless you want to reiterate the point okay let me strike a balance, I guess. So, so that to me is, is where you should be strict. You should have some sort of, some sort of assessment criteria, some sort of dialogue about it, some sort of deliberate tools to, to get better at it. How, and it should be, it should be reoccurring. It should be baked into the culture so that it, so that it reoccurs often. Um, So how you do that, go ahead. Well, does that come in the form of, you know, weekly coaching uh, and one-on-ones, does that come in the form of, like, let's say, you know, a distributed assessment on a regular basis? Does that, you know, fall under the responsibility of, you know, um, the, the flight level leadership? Is this something that can be supported by squadron leadership, by wing leadership? Uh, how do you envision, um, and it, you know, if we're talking about the civilian world, well, how can managers or vice presidents or even CEOs support initiatives like this? I think, um, and, and that's why I say flexible on details. And, and what we've been rolling out in Tesseract is something called Pulse. And um, the, the framework, the strict part is there's a, there's, a, there's a recommendation from us based on research, based on industry best practices to somehow um, assess where we're at today, right? We, we're, we're finding weekly works pretty good. Daily gives you more data points, but in, in the battle rhythm of kind of most units, daily is hard to manage. Um, you start to get into monthly, quarterly, those kind of things. We don't think that gives you enough data points to accurately assess. So, so we recommend weekly. Um, then we recommend. So, so our battle rhythm is kind of recommended on a, on a weekly, reoccurring basis. So, a, some sort of weekly assessment, some sort of dialogue about with the team about that assessment, um, preferably in person because there's a lot of things going on in person maintaining you know current state of the world maintaining covid guidelines and those kind of things and and that that should allow you to get flexible on some stuff because that's important to maintain i Um, need to mention one thing before i forget absolutely you you mentioned a great point with the you know with the covid posture as to like hey you know keep you know your distance and whatnot when it comes to working in a remote environment a lot of managers tend to forget that they have direct reports because everyone just gets sucked into their own work. Yeah. 
and they forget to have those touch points and they forget to walk up to them at their desk or walk up to them while they're, you know, working, you know, in the shop or they're coming back in from a job on the flight line and checking in with them and having those informal check-ins. So that just reinforces the point that having set one-on-ones, dedicating time to your people who are your number one asset is just essential to say the very least. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you, if you looked at um, 2020 and you saw the landscape change and a lot of things went to teleworking and went to virtual and zoom and we couldn't do mass in-person stuff because now we're limited to 10 and all, there are all these things going on. If you looked at that and you said, well, that's cool. I don't, that means I don't have to have flight all calls or I don't have to check in or anything like that. I think that was the, the opposite way you should have gone. It should have been like, okay, it's the landscape has changed. It's more important now than ever to get those touch points in. How do we do it within the, within the restrictions? And, and, you know, I, I have recently been hypothesizing in my head that is, is a growth mindset is this idea of, of a fixed versus growth mindset is that kind of like number two to psychological safety in terms of importance, you know, and I don't know if one is subservient to the other or if, or if they're parallel or what, but I, I'm beginning to believe that they are both kind of the, the foundational underpinnings of, of a really fantastic squadron. And part of that, why I say that is because you just something like COVID in, in 2020 and, you know, probably 2021 looks more like 2020 than it did 2019. And if you were hoping that there was a switch turned on at new year's, like, and it just went back to kind of 2019 status and you probably have already regretted that thought process, but <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, it's to like say uh, the very least to say the very least. Right. So it's like, but you can either look at that from a, you know, like, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lay low for another year till this thing blows over. Or you can adopt a, uh, Ryan holiday obstacles, the way mentality and look at things from like, what can I, how, how can this make me better? And that's a growth mindset. And uh, I think it, it goes very closely along with um, creating an environment that's psychologically safe. Um, so yeah, great point. Um, kind of back, back to the, the, the battle rhythm of, of what we're suggesting at Tesseract is the, the third piece of that after assessment and some sort of weekly dialogue is is some sort of building um, structure to help people understand in increasing levels of, of detail what psychological safety is. So so we've put together something that we think is is uh, is impactful. Um, and there's been a lot of deliberate thought put into, uh, what the data says, what what best practices are saying, and like what that looks like in a in a conventional unit. But to your point, th- what is it what does it look like in detail is really hard because we've got we've got bases testing this out, and we've got anything from four person teams to that work nine to five and in, in kind of a very much uh, steady state, very little um, very little chaos built into their daily rhythm to to squadrons that have a lot of thrash, a lot of schedule thrash, a lot of different requirements, a lot of stuff going on, three shifts, 24 hours a day, all that kind of stuff. 
so we've got we've got the gamut of of units testing this from small to large to complex to simple all these kind of things um and there are there are very few similarities in how they run the program but but those those things they are they are strict on that there should be some sort of reoccurring touch point um assessment and some sort of building um knowledge base about what what it is we're doing the the details are very flexible and you can kind of operate however you want within the confines of those things we talked about individual touch points what about uh, what about the group setting um i think i think that it's interesting because when when you kind of look at psychological safety in the concentric circles um it the circle in the middle is me and then outside of that is relationships and outside of that is teams and then organizations and just real quick we'll break it down like the with the with me being the inner circle um you have to you have to start with yourself there has to be a significant amount of self-reflection on it are the things i'm doing are they creating an environment that's psychologically safe what what behaviors we call them red arrow behaviors what behaviors do I do that prevent people from telling me the truth or feeling safe around me? And then the next circle is, is relationships, just, just small relationships, you and me, Matt, right? Like, like when we talk, I I've self-reflected on the things that I do and I'm, I'm being more aware of that and more cognizant. And then I start to think about how they affect you. And, and the obvious next evolution of that is if you and me are both, we're both concerned about the me and we're both starting to look at how that affects relationships. Then the obvious next evolution is the team. And, and for us, it's Tesseract, right? For, for a flight, it's, it's the flight of whatever, 15, 20, 60 people. Um, and then after that is the organization, the air force, the, you know, Walmart, Tesla, whatever it is, uh, Google, because, because an organization is a is a conglomerate of smaller teams, and those teams are are a, are a reflection, a collection of relationships, and those relationships are built with people, right? So if we walk the circle back into the middle, so I think I think you know the, the what's happening in the discussion, the group discussion, is is crucial, and depending on the size of the group, it's like the third evolution. Um, you got to start with me. You, you have to start to look at how uh our relationships are what's happening on a micro level in our relationships and then and then how that affects the the team the 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 next level of of group so that discussion is huge because because without you know if you can reflect on yourself but if you're not giving any reflection to how the the part that you play in the team then then it's kind of i mean you know, what are you doing? You have to add that into your reflection. So, um, so it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. And when you talk about what we're going after is team effectiveness. So you have to start to incorporate those discussions with the team. And, and there's some, there's some balance between allowing everybody the, the uniqueness, um, the, the, the freedom to be unique because we all are very, different and we all come to the table with all these different things but there also has to be some understanding among the team and among the organization about where we're all going to sit together um 
and and the values that we're going to hold uh together again strict on vision flexible on details right like this is non-negotiable integrity is non-negotiable how do we get there though what's the way the way you get there is different from the way i get there i love it love it all so um we talked about let's recap a little bit here yeah we talked about well we revisited the definition of psychological safety we re-engaged. We re good. <laughs> good. Yeah. We we re-engaged on psychological safety. We talked yep. about individual application, immediate application from you know, one on one coaching, talking, conversations, stepping away from the computer. Um, and we also talked about at the group setting the importance of, you know, having retrospectives with with your team talking about you know what you know and assessing what the issues are and how you can grow uh, i think there's some really good stuff here is to set a baseline for those who want to establish a culture of psychological safety uh, within the organization anything yeah. else to add uh yeah just the, the last thing that i would add is is the understanding that the the gap between knowledge and application is like the grand canyon it's so big right like you can read all the fancy books and and you and i both love to read and you can read you can read the the book maybe there's a book out there that's the book like the only book you ever have to read you still have to apply that just reading it alone doesn't so like but i i also think that that's the first step without that the application becomes significantly harder but i can so, think of one yeah. Fearless organization. Yeah. Thank you. So, right. So fearless organization, pick it up, read it. That's, that's step one, easy read. Um, you know, just chip away at it. If, if you're not a reader, just open it up, chip away at it, but then bridge the gap to application and don't wait for it to be perfect. Like you're not going to be the expert at, at anything. The important thing, you know, how you become the expert is you, you get out there and you dip your toe in the application of the thing just go ask some questions just explore explore the concept with people right find someone that you are safe with and explore the concept and talk about it and don't be afraid to kind of get into some territory that's scary and then and then back out take a breather get some water and get back in there and do it again and again and again and and that's really the only way um and just by i think just by virtue of doing that you like you're going to find things get better. Leadership is an infinite game. It is. An, someone said it's an infinite game. Someone also said it's it's simple, not easy. <laughs> uh, good old Simon Sinek. Good old Simon Sinek. All right. So I think that, uh, I think that wraps it up. That was fantastic. It's a, uh, it's always a pleasure to get on the pod with you and do some casting. Yeah, do some potting. Do some potting. Yeah. 
Thank you again for listening to Tesseract Podcast. Please follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Also visit us at www.tesseractif.com. Any references to trademarked, copyrighted, or protected products or services such as books, movies, or businesses are used here for the limited purpose of education and professional development of Air Force Airmen. If you have any questions, please contact us at www.tesseractaf.com.